Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers. And I'm here to talk to Group Trip. We've decided on the game and we have a price. We have everything locked down. Uh, so I'm here to bring something out to you. I'm not going to spend too long talking about it. I've banged it out in a newsletter. Uh, it's all over social media. Uh, it's on our website, ukpackers.co.uk. Hit the blog and there's the details there. So I'm going to run through the quick details uh, with you. But you'd be delighted to know my promise that it was cheaper than last year has come through. Right? I keep trying to put a H on everything because I'm Irish. That's what happens. Any TH... I go to put a H on it to overcompensate for 33 and a third. And sometimes it comes out silly. Um, I had a mate actually who got married and he was doing the same. And when it came to the wedding, uh, in his speech, he said that he wanted to say that he trusts his, you know, future wife. But he said, I thrust you, which was uh, too much information, pal. Too much information. You know who you are. Uh, that was a good time. Can't help but giggles. Everyone else was crying. They had the Kleenex out. They were crying. And uh, I was uh, laughing. They had the whole shoulder action going. So the trip is against Oakland Raiders at Green Bay. Um, it's the cheapest trip. 1,230, 1,230 quid. Now, <laughs> I do this every... I, I get to the funny part after. So the 20th of October, it's week seven. So Raider Nation, come to Lambeau and we're going to see the game. So it'll be flying out on... The 18th, which is the Friday, uh, three nights at the Hotel J Green Bay. Um, there'll be coach transfers from Chicago to Green Bay. We always try to get the flight in because it's easier. But when you think about it, ugh, I, I've done both. I've done the bus and I've done flying. I don't mind the bus if I'm sitting on it. It's horrendous if I'm driving it. I'm not driving it this year, so happy days. So it's grand. So if you were to go, so the, the flight would have worked out that we go into probably... Chicago or Detroit and then get the flight but I mean you're spending an hour to two hours at the airport it's a 45 minute flight so it's about three hours that's about what the drive is up so it's up to you you know whether you sit on a plane or drive we couldn't get the plane because it was horrendously expensive so we got the bus which in fact drove the price down so last year it was 1350 this year was meant to be 1295 but with the UK Packers discount it's 1230 based on two people sharing so you're in a twin room uh you get your it's not a single bed it's a double bed so that there'll be big beds um or if you're going over with a partner whatever well then you can you know get a double bed whatever um, and you can also share room with more people we've had years that lads have went over and shared a room with four that'll drive the price even further down so it's 12 30 which is a cracking price based on two people sharing you get return flights to chicago coach transfer from chicago to green bay Three nights at Hotel J Green Bay, including breakfast and Wi-Fi and all the rest. End zone, seat, end zone seats. It's very late. Uh, with the Raiders at Green Bay. I said it every time because it's always very late. Um, so for the game, you can upgrade the tickets. But like I tell people, if you've been to Lambeau, you know what I'm talking about. There's no bad seat in the house. It's a bowl. So there's no pillars or any of that kind of crap in your way. Um, and I've never upgraded from the end zone. I've ended up in like corporate boxes and uh, press boxes and all the rest. And it's the same. In fact, the press box sounds deadly, but you're behind a big glass screen with zero atmosphere. So apart from the like hot dogs and popcorn and all that kind of gear you get there and to soiree and swan around and, you know, act important. It's it's exactly the same as upper ends on. But you can upgrade the tickets if you want. Some people go over and they've always dreamt about sitting on the, you know, the halfway line. And to be honest with you, it's not that much more expensive if you if you upgrade, depending on what you're going for. 
Um, unlimited food and beer at the pre-game tailgate and we'll be organizing something there. There's an alumni player that does be at that tailgate so you'll know who it is before you can go into the pro shop, get a picture or whatever, go up and get it signed with him on the day. Um, so that's 12.30, which is the cheapest that we've ever done a Lambo trip. Now we did LA for 9.50, but that's LA. So the, you know, the flights are cheap. Um, you know, they're relatively new. Um, they're very popular, of course, and a great team, but they're relatively new. So, you know, the tickets are easy to pick up. Any game at Lambo is going to be pretty expensive, but like 12.30 is the cheapest Lambo trip that I think we've ever done. It's uh, cheaper by 120, 130 quid on last year, which is great. So that's like, you know, that's a that's a jersey or a couple of hoodies or whatever in the pro shop, which is brilliant. So departure date, Friday the 18th, coming back Monday the 21st. So it's an early flight on Friday. So you'll need that day off, obviously. It's not like, you know, swanning in later. And you can you can get it from a different airport in the UK. I'm not going to go on too much about this, by the way, if someone's tuning in for different stuff that's not going on the tour. Um, so it's early on Friday and coming back late on the Monday. So you squeeze out as much time as you can in, in Green Bay. I always said that I'd love to go over for a long period of time. But after the game is over, there's not a whole lot to do in Green Bay. So the Friday you're traveling, you get up, you know, you have your cheese curds, your spotted cow, and we all hang out. Saturday, everyone has a free day to go off and do what they want to do. Um, so you can do trolley tours and look around Green Bay, go autograph hunting, and we'll have you know players and names and all that kind of stuff hopefully a few meets and greets with whoever we can get on a saturday meet with some of the media personnel or whatever and um, then sunday it's an early game 12 could be flexed it doesn't really matter so you have the tailgate which starts at nine so all the diehards out there uh you can get up and start drinking so yeah it's great and then monday you have the whole day i think the flight is at 11 o'clock at night but we're gonna have to leave like three hours in advance uh from green bay but it gives you the whole day to go back to the pro shop the day after and just it's a really relaxed day it's great so really excited cheapest price ever hope to see is there if you're going on your own or you're sort of thinking oh i look like a bit of a freak if i go on my own everybody goes on their own very few people you know go with like we do we get people coming over with their mates and partners but most people go on their own so what we do is, is if you're if you're coming over, um, you can contact us, ask us any question you like. We're available on Twitter DM, Facebook DM, Instagram DM, um, email info at ukpackers.co.uk. If you go to our website, there's a little thing that says let's chat. That comes true to us. So anybody, all the people out there go, does this work? Yes. Is it us? Yeah. I mean, we don't pay someone in a foreign country to answer it for us. It's us. So when it comes through, uh, one of us will pick it up. Uh, so you can ask us questions on that. If you're ready to book, uh, you can go to info at touchdowntrips.com and his numbers on the website or go to the hashtag at touchdowntrips, go to touchdowntrips.com. They're also called MVP Travel. So there's loads of different ways you can do it. Make sure that you quote the UK Packers and also make sure that you give them your membership number. If you haven't got one, contact us. We'll give it to you. Um, if you can't remember it, there's the membership charter on the website or just ask us and we can let you know. Now, for the questions of 12.30, is that it's based on two people sharing which is quite common um speak for trips and all the rest Twelve thirty does not mean you have the price and you get it for 600 quid uh go to any travel website try get packers tickets try get airplane uh tickets try get hotel tickets and all the rest right and then tell me if it comes in at around 650 pounds hey no so it'll come like way past the twelve thirty. Um, in my opinion so you're getting it for cheaper and you're getting even extra money off because you're going with the tour so any of those questions about two person sharing is it half the price um please come out from underneath that rock uh, that you're under so that's the trip uh it's very exciting also um patreon.com forward slash uk packers 
not me begging for money uh, some kind folk decide to donate um cashing and all that type of stuff and if you donate a fiver a month uh well then we give all your money back after six months so our first batch of uh, uk packers apparel and t-shirts are going out to all those kind people that are donating there's no obligation to donate after six months but if you do uh, we're eternally grateful that's patreon.com forward slash uk packers so now um i thought i'd come on and do just a quick run through of state of the north and I'm going to start off with the Bears because they waxed everybody in the NFC North last season. So I'm just going to walk through what their season was like uh, last season, what they did well, what they sucked at, how they improved or got worse with their signings, and then sort of a, let's extrapolate uh, going into next season. So in order to do this, I had to read an awful lot of Bears articles, Bear fan sites, uh, the Bears official podcast, uh, media stuff with Matt Nagy, uh, which I thought his name was Nagy uh, last year, so at least I know what he's, uh, he's, you know, his name is. So I've delved into the world of the Bears, and it sucked. <laughs> all right, it's bad. Now I will say um, I like tribalism um, and all that good stuff, and the Bears do suck. Don't get me wrong, but we cannot look past the fact that they absolutely pasted us last year we were tragic and they were the team to beat and they are the team to beat this time around i think everyone was kind of focused on the vikings and they looked at trubisky and all the rest and sort of thought to themselves look he's not going to be up to much uh but he proved people wrong now i would have seen mitch trubisky because look it all hinges on your quarterback similarly that aaron Rodgers was deemed to have sort of a you know subpar season last season now you know and i know there's more to it than that so i'll go into mitch trubisky but let me just delve into the kind of Bears team that we saw uh, pre-last season and why it was a majestic thing. So John Fox was the head coach and he was canned after three years and Matt Nagy was hired as head coach last year. So I guess it gives hope to us as Packer fans, right? That when, like we've all seen the videos and if you haven't, go on to Packers.com and look at the videos of Aaron Rodgers talking about seeing the initial videos of the offense and, and what it's eligible to do. He genuinely looks really, really excited. You know, 60-yard touchdown, 80-yard touchdown, you know, 40-yard run. And he's just, his eyes are lighting up and he seems genuinely excited about this newfangled high-octane offense. So the sort of thing would be is that when a new coach comes in, uh, ahem, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, sometimes what you can have is, is, you know, players trying to step up the pace and they do well for a while and then it falls by the wayside. People get more tape on them. They figure them out and all the rest. Matt Nagy came in and did a great job because John Fox was in it for three years um and he was a fantastic traditionalist for the bears if i will say i don't know why they sacked him because he helped to bring the bears to suckier levels than they've ever been so really you know prolonging a chicago tradition um in soldier field so it was a six and ten season in his first season which was just a roaring bears triumph if you ask me uh, there was one game in that season that they punted on every possession it was that game against the seahawks and they were the first team to do it in 35 years which if you ask me, it's just a fantastic way for John Fox to, you know, embed himself in the Chicago tradition. It was his actual first double-digit losing season in his career, uh, which really shows his commitment to Bears philosophy, um, if you ask me. So his second season was 3-13, which is just majestic from a Packers point of view. It was their worst record in a 16-game season, which really brings the Bears to the pinnacle of suckiness. And then in 2017, he finished 5-11 and and got canned. So that's the season that they took Mitch Trubisky. Um, and he took over from Mike Lennon in Week 5. Mike Lennon, who they paid a dumper load of money to, invited to the official Bears draft party, 
didn't tell him or his agent that they were going to uh, trade up to draft Mitch Trubisky and then did it live while he was at the party, which is just the bearsiest thing uh, that they've done in a while. So they traded with San Francisco. They gave them two third round picks and a fourth round pick to move up from the third pick to the second pick and took Trubisky. Um, but, you know, he showed promise. So then last season coming in, uh, they had that blockbuster trade with for Khalil Mack, uh, defense linebacker to pay two first rounders and the third rounder to third rounder to the Oakland Raiders. They got Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, and wide receiver Trey Burton at tight end, and then they signed Cody Parkey of double doink fame uh, to a four year deal. Now say what you like about Cody Parkey, right? And in one game last year against the Lions. He hit the uprights four times. Two extra points off the uprights and two field goals. Now you can say what you like about this kid. That takes talent. If he was on Soccer AM here uh, over in England in the UK. If he did that on Soccer AM with the crossbar challenge. He would be mobbed by his rapscallion teammates. And it would have endless replays for eternity. In fact he probably still has endless replays to be fair. And it's that famous double doink. So he came in on a four year deal. Super tragic. Um, it all came to a head when he did an interview uh, after that. And then Matt Nagy was asked, and I know this from all of the uh, Sucky Bear podcasts, is that, you know, Matt Nagy was asked and it was really uncomfortable. Like, oh, what did you think about Parky coming out? Like, you know, you know, the body wasn't even cold on missing the playoffs and against the Eagles. And he said, what did you think about him coming out and doing the interview for, I think it was t- today show or something. And Nagy said it wasn't really a team move. And all of a sudden they, you know, kick him out and he didn't hit the crossbar on the way out the door he missed a lot throughout the season i think it was just the stats are crazy so what they did was is for rookie training camp and for mini camp and all the rest they brought in eight kickers and what they asked all eight of them was is from the 43 yard line which is where he missed that double dunk in the playoffs and knocked the bears out of the playoffs with only a couple of seconds left they asked all eight players to kick a 43 yard field goal and only two of them got it so i say sign them all so what they did was is uh recently in the latest news to come out from the bears camp and the thing is like i know i'm taking the the pee about it right and it is incredibly funny but it just goes to show that this is a a really important position for the bears because they haven't really done well since uh they turfed out robbie gould and didn't sign him again and and he was the all-time leading point scorer for the bears that that is akin and the exact same as mason crosby so all the people asking for mason crosby said and saying that he's too expensive if he continues to be reliable and we did see him falter in certain games last season if he continues to be reliable you know and then he he came out i think the the week after that and became like special teams player of the week or whatever which is actually the same that happened to cody parkey but he was supremely tragic uh, throughout the season if you have a good kicker you keep holding them they might seem overpriced to a degree and the jury's out on that i'm a fan of mason crosby i'm biased because he's a nice guy and he's been in the podcast about 17 times um but also he's look all joking aside he's a great guy he's the all uh all-time leading point scorer for the packers which won't be sur- surpassed so bring in competition absolutely but if he's doing well um have him stick around so the bears are in a real conundrum now they've they signed chris blewett i mean give me a break uh really and then uh, a kicker by the name of fry so they got another guy from the raiders they, they traded a conditional seventh round pick in 2021 
to sign Pineda, uh, so or Pinero, sorry. Um, who cares, right? He's a Chicago Bears kicker. I know, I know, special teams gets me off on the most on the best of times, but Chicago team special teams, um, doesn't really get me off. So that's a really big deal for them, and that's the focus that they're gonna take. So if we look at last season, then uh, they had a twelve and four season. They clinched the NFC North title. I don't want to remind us, but I will remind us that they clinched that NFC North against the Packers in Week Fifteen. Their four losses came against uh, the Packers in week one and that barnstorm and comeback with Aaron Rodgers came out and went, my knee, that one. Uh, they lost to the Dolphins, which is a bit of a head-scratcher. The Patriots, which isn't really a head-scratcher, but that was a pretty close game as well, uh, week six and seven. And then they lost to the Giants in overtime. And I know what you're thinking, that's right, the feckless Giants who were three and eight coming into that game, they lost to them, which was odd. So of the 12 wins that they won, <laughs> if you will allow me, I'm a thespian. Uh, six were by a touchdown or less, which included the Packers in week 15. Two were by less than two touchdowns and four are by at least two touchdowns or more. They won one of those games by 38 points, one of those games by 32 points, um, but at the end of the season, then on close results. So if you look at the analysis, which I've unfortunately have, Mick, Tri Mick, Mick, let's call him Mick. He wants to be called Mitchell, by the way. Mitch Trubisky. I will repeat, it's late. Uh, sort of faltered on his first four games. He was a bit dodge. And then I rounded out the season and it was pretty close. So he had a pretty blockbuster defense. Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks. I mean, they raised murder in that season. And there was some that he sort of just, you know, went by the cheek of his arse, the skin of his arse. Now he got into the Pro Bowl and they're saying he's a Pro Bowler, but he got in on the condition that Jared Goff... Uh, who also got nominated, went to the Super Bowl, so wasn't playing, so he got in. Now, it all counts, and by all intents, he holds some Chicago Bears uh, records, and I'm not going to read them all off, because again, who cares, but he's the first quarterback since the 80s for the Bears to get into the Pro Bowl, which is saying something. Now, look at the quarterback since then, and it's it, that tells the tale, I guess, but the Bears are definitely on the up, so we can laugh at them and sort of be irrational all we like, uh, they were a damn good team for stretches last season and they showed that in a 12-4 and and getting into the playoffs. So they made the playoffs as leaders of the North to face the Eagles. And ironically, the Bears win over the Vikings in Week 17, earned a playoff berth for the Eagles who would get in and then beat them in Parkey's double-doing fame, uh, which is not so good. Adrian Amos, who we picked up, uh, picked off Foles in the end zone in that playoff game. Uh, but the Eagles took the lead in, you know, 56 seconds to go. Um, so they came down and Parkey had to make the kick. Uh, so it was a good kickoff return. Uh, and Trubisky came down and in fairness to him, led the Bears down for Parkey to make a double link. So the Bears' weaknesses last season, I would say, would be Mitch Trubisky. Now, that seems unfair because he had stretches where he was pretty good. And I'll, I'll get into him in a little bit more detail uh, now in about two minutes. He showed flashes, uh, but he could have done more because he did, he had def had defensive dominance on his on his team. A defense with four pro bowlers: Khalil Mack, uh, Kyle Fuller, Eddie Jackson, and Akeem Hicks. Their strengths were defense. Khalil Mack was an absolute game changer. There was people cribbing and moaning about the Packers not doing more to get Khalil Mack. I think we could only judge that by who we got this time round. Um, and if you look at who we got with you know Rashawn Gary and Savage. You'd say to yourself, if you were to get Savage alone, you'd say that that's going to be a success. There's 
tweets by Rob Domofsky and an article by Rob Domofsky showing how fast Savage is. So maybe on him alone, he's worth it. But Khalil Mack was a wrecker. I mean, I've said it on the podcast a couple of times. I'm not going to go on about it. But uh, they made a hefty uh, price tag for him. Ended the year in 12 and a half sacks. Um, and just did stuff against the Packers that hadn't been done against the team in decades. He was a really offense-stifling player. And he's going to be a problem going forward for us, for sure. Uh, Kyle Fuller led the league in pass breakups and also interceptions with seven. And Prince Umukamara tied a career high in interceptions. Now, I think off memory, uh, that was four. Uh, Tariq Cohen at running back was fantastic and a bit of revelation. And he's the reason why they traded Jordan Howard to the Eagles because apparently Jordan Howard doesn't fit what they need. Tariq Cohen is kind of this guy who's a utility back. They can put him in on whatever down. He's a good pass catcher. They can create really inventive stuff with him. Jordan Howard, uh, from what people are saying online, certainly, as a fantastic as a player as he was, I guess compounded by the fact that he was such a late round pick compared to what they got with him. Um, you know, people are pretty shocked that he's gone, but he kind of pinned the Bears into having to do a certain type of, you know, running him out of the backfield. Whereas with Tariq Cohen, they've got more um, dy- dynamism, word of the podcast. So the main thing for this is, and th- this was buried in a post season breakdown on the Chicago Bears website. I listened to it so you don't have to. The Bears were the healthiest team in the NFL last year. They had the fewest players on IOR in the league and also the fewest games missed by starters. So they remained healthy and consistent. Now what murders their season every time is going to be an injury or two in a pivotal position that ends up screwing us and every team. But the Bears ended up with the fewest players on IOR in the league and the fewest you know starters missing games that's incredibly important now there's two ways to look at it number one that their starters are playing more so they're going to be more run down but when you have that chemistry and when you have starters playing at a high level and they're going to continue to do it and they don't pick up some serious knocks well then i mean your team is going to be playing at a higher level i believe than a team who has injuries and people coming in and then people trying to gel and then underachievers and then other teams you know picking on that player who's coming in especially when you're talking defensive or offensive line wide receiver you get murdered your quarterback goes down you're screwed so the bears did really well now the bears are convinced that they're going to remain to stay healthy because they almost have the magic potion it reminds me of you know when like you go out and you have a just diabolical hangover and you're dying for three days and then you go out again when you get over the whole I'm never drinking again and you go out again and you go on the batter uh, and then you wake up the next morning and you feel great and you've no hangover and then you start attributing that to some magic formula that oh I'm over 30 now I've passed the phase or oh I had a you know a barbecue rib sandwich in Subway four hours before so you think you're going to follow that same formula and you do it again and you just have a diabolical hangover you can't legislate for injuries and I don't think the strength and conditioning team in the Bears know something that we don't. Now, they said that they changed practice times and they changed times of contact for this, that and the other and how they organized practice was different and all the rest. It might have worked for one year, but you can't legislate for an offensive lineman rolling over on a teammate or a defensive player getting hit in the head and getting a concussion. You know, a quarterback going down with freakish injuries like we've seen with Aaron Rodgers. So I expect that if their performance was partly down to this healthiness, that's something that they can't game plan for. So if they get one injury, they go down like everybody else. And I don't expect them to keep that up, no matter what they say. Now, 
other changes in the offseason this offseason Vic Fangio uh, who was their defensive coordinator has gone off to Denver to become the head coach so that's massive really now from they've replaced him with Chuck Pagano who has just a ridiculous amount of experience in the NFL and he's very well liked Fangio got a, a lot of purchase off a of fantastic roster and playmakers and that's really not going to change with Chuck Pagano at the wheel now they asked Nagy what he expects Pagano to do is he going to come in and is he going to um you know ex- be expected to change the defense and all the rest and the expectation from a Bears perspective is no he's going to come in and literally slot into that defensive system uh, that Vic Fangio was running tweak small bits but basically keep it the same and that makes sense they did really really well they have the playmakers who are comfortable there they don't want to come in and end up changing everything so in 2018 the bears were coming off three straight years with eight interceptions which was a franchise low again like you know tilting the hat (laughs) taking off the hat to uh to fox but they improved greatly because of that pressure up front and that's it. That's what we're going to be expected to do in Green Bay also. So once you get that pressure up front, interceptions tend to come, which is fantastic to say that Fangio was there when he was having these, you know, all-time lows for interceptions, and he ended up turning that around the following year when you get pressure up front. So their defense should still be dominant, but we should try get take advantage of Chuck Pagano coming in and us, you know, trying to confuse uh, the defense with some of that sort of dynamite play they really don't know what to expect with Matt LaFleur so their signings they signed uh, right tackle Bobby Massey to a four-year extension to protect uh, Mitch Trubisky they reworked guard Kyle Long's contract as well so obviously they're putting an awful lot of emphasis on keeping Mitch Trubisky upright and I'll get on to why in a second they signed running back Mike Davis from the Seahawks uh, Jets cornerback Buster Scrine um and he's a nickel cornerbacks, which is where they had a need, which means that when they went into the draft, they didn't really need a, you know that nickel cornerback. They lose Adrian Amos to us, uh, the Packers. They signed Corderell Patterson, who's ridiculously dangerous, and they're starting to play him more inventively too. And I think he fits Matt Nagy's offense, and he's really excited to get him in there. The Bears were scorched by a 95-yard touchdown in the Patriots' loss last year so when they saw him do that i think he was someone that they were rubbing their hands to get they cut cody parkey uh which is an addition by subtraction <laughs> uh really and then they signed clinton dicks which is a subtraction by addition so that kind of balances out they lose cornerback bryce callahan to the broncos so he follows uh fangio where he goes punter pat o'donnell a uh, man after my own heart uh being irish signs a two-year deal and he's one of the best punters in the league. So people like to joke about special teams, but uh, he's pretty reliable. And they traded Jordan Howard, which is kind of seen as a shocker to the Eagles. But when the more you hear Matt Nagy speak, the more he was kind of felt, you know, pinned into what Jordan Howard could do. A fantastic running back, but just not for his system. It's like that whole adage, you know, when someone breaks up and goes, it's not you, it's it's me. It's just, you're the right person just at the wrong time. Uh, I think he gave him in and gave him that speech and gave him his cardboard box full of, um, you know, teddy bears he won for him at the fair. So who did they sign then in the draft? So they didn't get a pick till round three. So they had to let, you know, all the good players leave the board. But they signed Iowa State's David Montgomery at running back. This guy's super dynamite and certainly someone who the lads had pretty high on their draft predictions. Um, they were pretty high on him. And also wide receiver uh, Riley Ridley, which again the lads picked out as being pretty high on and would be happy to get. After that, you know, you're getting into round sixes and sevens. Duke Shelley, a cornerback, running back, uh, Kareth White. 
and cornerback Stephen Denmark um, of famous Shakespearean Hamlet fame. So, yeah, I guess it's time to get on to Mitch Trubisky. So, in the draft, did they fill needs? Yeah, you know, they got a running back, they got a good wide receiver, they got a cornerback, but um, they pretty had a pretty dominant defense and they'd already signed last year who they really needed on offense. Um, I'm not going to say it's an embarrassment of riches, but again, if we go back to, you know, what type of points they put on people, they had, uh, you know, four games with at least two touchdowns or more. They scorched people by 38 and 32 points, respectively. So now let's get on to Mitch Trubisky. The guy is good. I didn't expect him to be that good. I thought he was kind of the weak link of the Bears offense, uh, which is bad because he's a quarterback. But I was delving and it was a fantastic article on a Bears fan website, which sort of this guy did an incredible amount of work. So I don't have to. Um, so I'm going to take some of the stuff. So from from an overview, kind of like a Premier League soccer fan, you know, when you look at a player and you're like, yeah, he's crap. You know, and you've got nothing really to go on about him being crap, only that you kind of get this vibe. And similarly, anybody who plays fantasy football over here, sometimes there's that player that you look at and you're kind of like, he's really good and you get a sense that he's really good. But when you play fantasy football, you don't get many points because he doesn't seem to score a lot or assist a lot, but he does change the game a lot. So Trubisky to me sort of seemed a bit like a quarterback who could have done more, especially with the amount of games that were that were run pretty close. Now they still ended up 12-4 and four and they won the NFC North. The closest to them was the Vikings with eight wins. So I mean, they did well and they, they did what they needed to do. Uh, they defeated the Packers. They got on to the playoffs. Trubisky, in fairness to him, at the very end did what he needed to do to get them back within field goal range and then it was scuttled by Parkey uh, and that's how it goes. So... Um, so looking at the analysis, Trubisky, when he took longer than three seconds to throw the ball, uh, he wasn't that good. So he had a passer rating of 58.23. When he threw it under three seconds, he had a passer rating of 112. So he's pretty good when he can get the ball out of his hands quickly. Now, that's not rocket science. That tends to happen with quarterbacks. So if you have, you know, a good route design, which what Nagy had, and you make Trubisky throw the ball quickly and make quick decisions and make quick reads... Well, then he's quite good. Now, I will say, in a, in a aged quarterback, you look at that type of thing and you say he can read the ball really quickly and he can feed off what the defenders are doing. For a guy as inexperienced as Trubisky, what I would say is, is that he already knows he's going to the guy. So he doesn't read anything. He just knows that's my one read and I'm going to throw it to him. And they do. He manages to get open and that's what happens. So the jury's still out on this guy for me. I want to see him. Well, I don't want to see him improve, but I want to observe what he does uh, next year so his first four games of the season not great after that he improved then the end of the season there were pretty close games and then if he gets the ball out of his hands quickly so what we have to do is we have to pressure him to make him scramble and then we have and then another part of his game that he's not quite good at is that he can't read defenders making plays on the ball so when a defender works his way back to the ball and tries to cut a route off he can't he's not that good at reading that so if you look at the speed that savage has and amos and alexander and jackson when you look at those guys making a play on the ball, that's something that he can't read. So the key to get a Trubisky next year would be is to make him scramble and hold on to the ball, then try and make him make a play uh, downfield where he doesn't cop that someone's trying to make a play on the ball, not just to bat the ball down or to you know track and, and work man coverage. Play a bit of zone and try cut the route off. And I think if you do that, then we're going to have an awful lot of purchase. We're going to turn Mitch Trubisky into Jay Cutler overnight. Now... He got better at making reads and he's actually quite good on third and fourth down. Um, he can be very mobile and accurate on third and fourth down, but where he really struggled is making end zone throws. So according to this excellent article, he was 7 out of 22 
on end zone throws for touchdowns so he tends to get nervous which it's his nervous disposition that he can work out of his game but we have to use for our advantage for now so when he has to hold on to the ball for long and he knows that there's a touchdown laid out in front of him he tends to falter and kind of get a bit anxious and that's something that we kind of you know we need to hold on to now as a quarterback um you know on third and fourth down he was elite there was no question about it he deserved his pro bowl berth in place of jared goff who went to the super bowl um and i think if he's able to nail down that nervousness with the end zone you know he's able to make better decisions when he has to hold on to the ball and get scrambled which it's not only down to him, it has to be said. I mean, it's down to his receivers too and how comfortable he is in the system making plays. So if he can do that, he's going to be dangerous. But I'd like to say that we offset him against the talent that we have now at pass rush and also how good we've got on the back end uh, or cornerbacks, defensive backs. I should really class them, you know, safeties, cornerbacks have got much better. So the Bears are a dangerous team, there's no doubt about it. Do the Bears suck? Yes, they do. Of course they do. We lead them on the all-time series. <laughs> That's for sure. But these these guys are a dangerous team. So that's where they stand in the NFC North. Um, now that the trip is out of the way, I will be promoting it on the on the things. I want as many people to go as possible and to have a good troop of people over there. We usually get 20 to 30 people, which is fantastic. And I'm going to be doing more State of the North and also trying to get players on and media personnel and all the rest to so do stick with me. So give me a follow at NFL on Twitter. Hit up the website, uh, which is UKPackers.co.uk. Any questions, hit us up on there. Uh, get onto Instagram at UK Packers, face, uh, Facebook, UK Packers, Twitter. You can send us DMs. They're open, so you can shoot them to us um, also. So we'd love to hear from you. So hopefully, guys, look, we'll see you on the trip. If you can't make it this year, at least that price is indicative of what you get uh, next year, hopefully. Uh, but, you know, we can't keep getting it cheaper than we did last year. Otherwise, touchdown trips will be paying us to go over. Uh, but any questions, give us a shout. Uh, I'm more than happy to answer them. And I'll talk to you next week. See you.